down a dirt road. He made homemade wine like nobody I know. The Bow Show for SML Entertainment. Hot tubs, saunas, and home leisure. SML Entertainment has brought friends and family together since 1956. Learn more at smlentertainment.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. Got rid of Pender, you got me. The upgrade has been made. All right, man, I got some, uh, I got some good stuff for y'all today. Um, make sure you call in, text in 960-960 or 403-240-4444. Ask anything CFL-related, uh, anything you want answered. Um, I'm your guy. I should have the answer. If I don't, there's probably a problem with that. Um, so this first segment, we're going to talk about the last game, uh, our win out there in Sass. Talk about Nick balling out. Talk about defense balling out. Um, oh, line, running game, special teams, man, it was a good one. Um, and then we will talk about the upcoming game this week against Hamilton. Uh, we leave on Friday. And then second segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about the home run derby because I thought that was fun. Uh, I, de- I definitely think it took a step up over these last couple uh, years to me. Uh, we'll obviously talk about who everybody's talking about uh, in uh, Junior over there. And third segment, man, I got a nice guest coming in. It was going to be a teammate, um, but I talked to one of our ex-teammates into coming on the show uh, to give you all a little uh, little fun trash talk coming into the game this week. I like talking trash uh, to him, especially when I'm not playing, because uh, then he can't tackle me. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one, man. Y'all are going to like him uh, on the team last year. You probably have an idea of who it is. But uh, it's going to be uh, an interesting one, I can say that. Because if he starts laughing, here's the problem. If we get him laughing, he's not going to stop. And uh, we might have to cut him off at that point because it's not going to stop. All right, so talking last game, um, 37 to like 12 or something like that. Um, I mean, one thing that stuck out to me is as a, as a full team, I thought everybody was playing hungry playing desperate they wanted it um you know being on the sideline i could definitely feel that energy of guys just being locked into their job you know doing what they had to do um i think special teams you know i think typically that's something that we're always on top of our game and 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 creating things for ourselves i think it was one of those we weren't necessarily shooting ourselves in the foot but i don't think we were playing probably our best football but i'm not on special teams i don't really like to you know dog on those guys because uh you know they're going through it and and one guy I will shout out though, Will Langley, uh, took a bad hit. Um, you know, got the special teams player of the week for us because uh, battled through. Uh, if you saw the injury, man, it was uh, bruised up, looked terrible. But he uh, he balled out. He, he stayed in, played through it, and that's what special teams guys are, man. They're, they're the reason we win a lot of games because of just kind of the impact they make on the game. But not only that, kind of what they go through, um, just on a play to play basis. I mean, special teams is is bullets flying every single play and they're all around you. You're about to get hit from every which way. Uh, so to watch will, you know, kind of step up and do that. And then um, just the entire special teams, you know, play good, but Terry had a good return. It was probably a step away from a touchdown. Uh, he got ankle tackled on one going towards SAS sideline. Um, but yeah, man, I thought, you know, they, they would tell, they would tell you they could play better, but I mean, overall, I think they played, you know, good football uh, defense, you know, I mean, the guy that I keep trying to get on the show, but he, he's scared to come on because he doesn't want to ruin his streak, um, which I respect that. But, uh, you know, Trey Roberson with uh, two interceptions in the game, taking one of the players of the week this week in the entire CFL. Um, you know, he gets he gets player of the week with two interceptions, but doesn't get it. He doesn't get it when he has three interceptions in the first week. Um, had the pick six, and I think that was huge 
you know, especially with Nick uh, coming in to get his first start. Anytime your special teams defense can put up points, as a quarterback, you're like, oh, you kind of just take that breath, like, okay, I can relax. I can just play my game. I don't need to force anything. I can play smart winning football. And um, I think defense, man, you know, kind of brought SAS offense back down to earth a little bit. Um, you know, I think they played tight. They were in their in the right lanes, man, tackling. But everybody was talking about our D-line, the injuries we've gone through and and not being able to, I guess, produce the way that we are used to seeing uh, in the Calgary Stampede organization. Um, but those guys balled out, man. They made Cody Fajardo uncomfortable the entire game. Um, you know, with sacks, he kept scrambling up in the pocket. They were retracing to get sacks. And a big one for me is you got a quarterback who threw for, you know, 360 yards in week two and then like 460 in week three, I think. And you got him taken out at halftime. So defense doing their job, um, you know, making it easy on us as an offense. And then, uh, I mean, offense, I got to start out. I'm Typically, I start with O-line and everybody. Uh, I got to start out with Nick just because, you know, getting his first start, um, you know, a story I didn't tell anybody, but I, I definitely want to tell it now. So we get up in the meetings on Tuesday and I write these numbers down and I can't even remember them now is, you know, Dinwiddie, it was basically, so it was, it was Dinwiddie's first start in the CFL, my first start in the CFL and our stats from those games. We both had very prolific days, um, on our first start. And it was just kind of like the, I kind of like looked at Nick, gave him that kind of like tone, just let him know, like, this is, this is our standard. This is what we expect. Um, and just to have him kind of, you know, give him that little extra push to prepare a little bit more uh, throughout the week. But not, not that he needs it, man. He's a guy that prepares, you know, um, with the best of them. Uh, he's always going to show up ready. Uh, physically, he's one of the most in-shape guys in the team. And uh, right before the game, you know, I, I, I've been talking to him all week as far as just I've been trying to stay away during practice to let Dinwiddie get the coaching in, not fill his head with too much. Because as a young QB, you don't want too many people telling you different things. You know, hey, read it like this, read it like this. So let Dimity Dave take care of all the coaching. And I just kind of every now and then when I saw some things, um, you know, just kind of did to him what Nick Lewis did for me during my first start. Uh, just talked to him right before the game and, and just kind of told him, hey, man, listen, this is your first start. Um, everybody's going to remember for these first four or five weeks, no matter what happens, good or bad. Um, but throughout your career, this is just one game. You know, so go out there and I was like, know who you are like that dude you were in college the one that everybody wanted to you know everybody was scouting and the guy the the nfl came after um the guy we signed all, all off your college film i was like go play like that guy just have a free clear mind it's not on you to win the game today it's on you just to go out play winning football have fun um and just play the way you play don't do anything outside of your comfort zone that isn't necessarily what you would do um you know outside of just being the guy all the time you know and uh, man, did he did he step up? That that was one of those games for me where um, I think me and Dinner were kind of you know talking and chuckling like, all right, let's see what happens. You know, once he gets hit, um, you know, once the pressure's put on him, and man, he responded. Man, he got he got sacked early by Charleston. Um, you know, O line played much better this game. I think they did a damn good job against a really good uh, front seven, especially with Charleston, Micah, AC Leonard. Um, oh, who's in the middle over there? Evans, Evans, Zach Evans, um, just a damn good D line, and and you know he kept his eyes upfield, found the checkdowns when he had to, um, and you know one thing I told him and and, and laughed with him about uh, some of the mistakes were covered up by penalties, and I was like that's good, you know you you got to 
you don't want those things to kind of make drain you throughout the game. You don't make you like, oh man, I threw a pick. Okay, don't throw another one. Whatever you do, you know, just go out there, play, have fun. Um, but I told him I was like, make sure you learn from those things. Don't let the the fact that the penalty happened um, and it, it it gets taken off the board. Don't don't let that cloud the fact that you made a mistake and make sure you fix it for next week. Um, but again, man, he's a hungry kid. He, he's a kid that you know he wants it. He's working. He's working hard every single day. He looks good in practice. Um, you know, he's not going to be the most vocal guy in the world right now, and I, that's obvious. I never was as a young guy either. Uh, you kind of want to let your vets step up on the offense as far as, you know, O-line, Eric, uh, guys like that, um, you know, guys that have been in that, that, the war in the trenches for a while. But, um, man, I expect big things out of him. I know I'm, I'm on the sixth game. Um, you know, everybody was asking me, I had some media guys asking me before the game, you know, how's he going to play? How's, how's, I was like, I'm telling you, he's going to play good. Um, I was like, the guy's going to surprise everybody. He's going to ball out. Uh, and, Lo and behold, man, he goes 19 for 22 for 284, 294, um, and two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, shoot, man, we win the game 37 to 12 or something like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, just uh, hats, off to, hats off to the boy. Did a good job. Um, expect to see it for the next, you know, couple weeks as well. Uh, the, rest of the, the rest of the game, to me, offense-wise, I thought guys stepped up. Uh, I think receivers were running fast, making plays. Um, O-line, to me, you know, they were kind of the dogs of the game. I thought they were – they took over the run game, moved guys out of the way, which if – you know, I know you haven't, but if you've ever had to watch somebody block Micah Johnson, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, and it's not easy to move him out of his lane as well. And uh, I think guys are doing a really good job of opening lanes. But not only that, man, that one-two punch of Terry and Kadeem of – you know, absolute speed, and then Kadeem was patient behind the line of scrimmage, saw the hole, hit it, and lowered his shoulder. And Terry was actually Terry was out out there lowering his shoulder too. So that was it was nice to see those guys have that confidence. I think it was different for them getting to start and knowing that they were going to be the guys that have the rock. Um, yeah, man, they balled out. It was it was fun to watch as an entire team. It's the second time in two years we've gone out to Sask and and handed it to them, and that always feels good in that stadium because you know the fans are loud. Um, you know they're going to bring it and. It's never, never, never easy to win in the uh, the West Division at somebody else's house. So it definitely feels good to go out there and steal one. Um, Matt, you got anything on the game? Any? For me, the biggest thing was what you mentioned was the battle kind of in the trenches. And that was one that we were watching going into it and watching the offensive line, as you mentioned, just open up those holes. And I think that to a casual viewer, it can be hard to evaluate the play of an offensive line. So what are some of the things that you as a quarterback watching from the sideline were noticing that might have been improved by that group in that contest? Uh, Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I think offensive line is probably the hardest thing to judge in the CFL. And that's why, you know, as uh, as guys that play, sometimes we shake our heads and, and laugh at the guys that they pick for all-star. Uh, because typically, they, all they do is they go out, they say, oh, who had the most rushing yards? Uh, Winnipeg did. Okay, let's take three guys from that O-line. Um, who gave the least amount of sacks? Calgary. Okay, we'll take one from there. And then, basically, we'll take one guy who's been in the league for 15 years and always done really well, and we'll put him on there, and that's going to be a good list. Um, I don't think people do a good enough job outside of, let me, let me, let me be clear, though, outside of your Derek Taylor's, um, you know, the guys in the panel, nobody watches the film. Nobody goes back and looks and says like, all right, here's a game in SAS. Calgary turned it up, started running the ball really well when the first two games are only averaging 30 yards 
uh, for the game in rushing. So let's see what happened. Go watch the film a little bit, run it back, see who was moving them on the O-line. You know, see who on the O-line was moving the D-line out of the way, playing well, and kind of mark it down and then watch the rest of the year. And, okay, every time a quarterback gets pressured, who was it? Every time a sack gets up, who was it? Um, you know, cause I, think, I think that's the big thing with O-line. I think they're unfairly judged off other people's stats. You know, it's a, it, did we throw for 300? Did we run for 150? Um, if we did, good game by the O-line, you know, but if the quarterback, what a lot of times people don't see is, uh, oh, they give three sacks, O-line could play better. Well, go back and look, and then all of a sudden you see that it's, it's cover zero all three times. They're bringing seven. You only got six guys to block, and the quarterback's not getting the ball off because he's hesitating, um, and now it looks like it's on the O-line, you know, so I think there's a there's a unfair judgment when it comes to O-line and, and how you actually – judge their performance um, but our line man I think that this game what I saw is they weren't just run fitting getting to their guys I thought they were moving guys and that's that's a big thing what we call opening up lanes you know making the vision easy for the running back not having to see tiny holes but see big holes um, feel confident about where the hole's supposed to be and that's that's a big deal is you know when you create a run play you tend to have a certain gap you know here we're gonna go front side b gap to front side a gap back to backside a gap that's kind of your three lanes that you're looking for here uh depending on the right guard you know if you can see his name played on his block if you feel like the three technique is has gotten outside of him or if he um you know tries to backdoor him then maybe you stay front side um so i thought they were moving them really well and, and i didn't see the one the one way i always judge the pass game isn't necessarily sacks but more pressures um is the quarterback getting pressured every time he throws the ball um, you know, is he having to get the ball off earlier than he wants to? Like, t- I tend to watch a route. So if I see a dig route or a, a post route or something, um, and it maybe falls short or, you know, kind of gets there a little too early, the quarterback probably doesn't feel comfortable. Like he has enough time and he's trying to get the ball off early. So that's something I tend to look for when I'm thinking about old lines, uh, just not only our team, but in and, in and around the league. Um, and I thought they, they gave Nick a good pocket. They made him feel comfortable you know, confident about where he can scoot up. And Nate did a good job as well as when there was pressure, just scooting up, finding the tailback real quick. Um, he found Ante on a second and 15. Ante runs the guy over at six yards and runs for an extra nine. And those are the kind of plays right there that win you games. Um, I believe we end up scoring on that drive as well. So, you know, one play that seems so easy and it's, it's, it's something that's not even talked about. It's those are the plays that win you games. Those are those, those four or five plays I always talk about that um, there's, four to five special plays that are going to win you a football game. And it, um, it's not always the long touchdown or the great catch, or the great throw or the interception. Um, although those are always up there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually four to five of those small detailed plays, a second to 15 early in the game um, that continues to drive. And then we end up scoring instead of giving them good field position, which, you know, tends to be possibly a 14-point swing because we score a touchdown, and instead of them having good field position where they could score a touchdown, now we're kicking off to them, and they're you know, back on the 35. So, um, yeah, overall, I say O-line played really well. Um, Pat would always tell you they can always play better, um, but I guess a very good front. I thought we played a damn good game. Just a, a question on Pat there because he's the offensive line coach for the Calgary Stampeders in his sixth season, so he, he joined the team a little bit after you joined the team. What what type of person is Pat Delmonico who runs the, who coaches this offensive line? What can you tell us about him? Oh man! All right, fiery is probably the first word. Um, passionate, 
He's passionate about the game, passionate about his job, passionate about the five guys he's coaching up um, and the 11 guys in total. Um, he is a damn good coach, and he's he's the kind of guy that he probably wouldn't even want me talking about him on the radio right now because he likes to stay behind the scenes and just do his job and, and do it, you know, above and beyond. Um, definitely one of the best I've ever been around when it comes to O-line. You know, we've gone – since being here in 2012, we have gone through some injuries on the O-line where any other place I've been, I've kind of, you know, had to deal with, you know, some bad O-line play um, after an injury or two to some of your best guys. And and in Calgary, San Peter fashion, um, you know, we lose a guy and it's next guy up and Pat's going to have that, that guy ready. And I think that's probably one of the most impressive things when it comes to coaching is can you make a player – uh, look and perform better than he probably is. And I think that Pat is probably one of the best at that. Um, not saying that we have, you know, bad guys, but, um, you know, he takes a, a young rookie who, you know, probably needs a year or two or even three to be groomed and ready to go. Um, and then we have a couple of injuries and, you know, Pat's got this guy playing winning football, um, you know, probably at a position that he wasn't normally yet because our O-line has to move around all over because of ratio. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, he's, he's fire. He's passionate. He loves this game. He's, he's there early working out at five 30 with us. Um, he's definitely one of the more fun guys to be around. And when, and when his guys mess up, he lets them know, you know, he's not afraid to, you know, to, to put his feelings out there and, and, and talk about the game. Cause that's what he wants his guys to be. He wants his O line to be passionate about what they're doing, about protecting the quarterback, about, uh, creating the holes for the run game. So that we're successful on offense, um, I mean, every single game, you know, when I'm in there, I break it down. I say, I talk to those five guys and say, listen, man, it's on y'all. We're following y'all. You know, if y'all win up front, we're going to win back here. Um, and I think the, I think, you know, the, to me, the Calgary San Peter O-line is always taking it that way. Uh, they take it upon themselves to go out and win the game and, and they always do a damn good job of it. Um, any, you have anything else from last game? Uh, I think, well, obviously the play of Trey Roberson has been something that's just been electric to watch five interceptions you mentioned it off the top he gets the second nod for the player of the week honors after being left out in week one after three interceptions and I'm just wondering how much of that might stem from his prior time as a quarterback in college like he really seems to be baiting quarterbacks exceptionally well right now yeah I mean baiting is a dangerous thing um you know baiting is something you do you know 10 percent of the game you know, you try to bait a guy into a throw, um, you know, because baiting a guy is typically trying to show a guy that a route is open and you take it away. But, you know, if the quarterback's good enough, he's going to get it there. Um, I think what Trey is doing so well right now is he is recognizing the formations, the motions, and the route um, in a very small amount of time. And I think that's very hard to do as a DB. Um, you know, I think you have a pretty good idea of what they're going to run, but you know, knowing offenses, I think guys on defense sometimes talk like, oh, these are the three routes they run. Like, well, no, it's not. They have 60 plays in the game plan. They have plenty of stuff. You don't know the routes that they run. They change it up every single week. They're going to try to get to that same route based off a different formation or different motion. And I think Trey is very, very good at reading body language of a receiver, reading the fees and eye, uh, sorry, feet and eyes of a quarterback. Um, you know, there was this one play that made me laugh in Skelly last week. I had, so we have an out route and a corner route. Uh, six yard out, and then a corner that breaks it, you know, anywhere from 12 to 15. He can flatten it off if the guy's high. 
on top of him. So Trey tends to fall off the out route a lot and go help play the corner route. And if you throw the out route to six yards, they're going to rally to it and make the tackle. Um, so Dave's favorite saying in the world is see a corner to throw a corner. And what he means by that is see the actual defensive corner to throw the corner route, make sure that he's down. Um, so Trey's gotten a couple of picks in training camp, you know, in practice throughout the, the week on some of the young guys as well. Um, so there was this play, I think it was like day two last week or two weeks ago. Um, same thing, running a hundred times against him. And I held my eyes, I held my eyes low, or sorry, held my eyes high to make him think I wanted to throw low to show my shoulders. And at the last second, as I start my throwing motion, I pull my shoulders, make it look like I'm throwing to the corner and then rip my shoulder from right to left to make sure I can throw the out route. Um, and it's like, that's, that's the effort you have to go through as a quarterback to complete a ball on Trey Robertson. You've got to mind F him Oops. <laughs> and yourself uh, just to make that throw. Um, so I think that's, a, that's the scary part about DB sometimes is once you get to that status where guys really respect you, you know, not, no one's ever going to fear you. Um, it's football. You know, we, we all, we're, we are all very, very confident in what we do. Um, but once you have that respect level, like, man, this guy knows his stuff. He knows his plays. Sometimes you start mind tricking yourself and think, oh, he already knows this route or he already knows this. And you come off of it and you look back and it was open on film. Um, so yeah, man, Trey is, he, he has a presence right now. Guys are probably worried about throwing to his side, but at the same time, a lot of quarterbacks take that as a challenge. I know receivers do as well. Um, and they're going to want to test that to try to break that confidence in that streak. Uh, you know, and they've, they've got a pretty good one over there as well in Delvin bro. But, um, right now I'm gonna take our guy cause he's got five picks, uh, should be six and should be two touchdowns. It took one away two weeks ago, but, uh, yeah, man, he's playing out of his mind. Was he the third string quarterback now? He wants to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, our third string guy came in today through one pass and Skelly and Dinwiddie made him get out. Um, and Trey was over there just, you know, yelling at Dinwiddie, like, Dinwiddie, give me a shot, give me a shot. And I was like, <laughs> man, listen, I was like, I'm already out. If the next two go down and we have to put a third string guy in, I promise you we're not putting our, our starting boundary corner um, who's leading the league in interceptions at quarterback to possibly get hurt, uh, which, you know, obviously he's upset about that. Uh, here, we're going to take a quick break. Whenever we come back, I'm going to talk the upcoming game this week against Hamilton. Um, and then, again, call in 960-960, or, or sorry, text in 960-960. Call in 403-240-4444 if you have any questions about the CFL, our game, uh, past game, our game coming up, uh, rules, anything you want to just throw off me or bounce, off, bounce ideas off me, uh, let me know. Ask me, and I'll give you the answer. You're listening to The Bo Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Bo Show for SML Entertainment. Making family time more exciting with pool tables, pinball, ping pong, beachcomber, and caldera hot tubs and more. Visit smlentertainment.com. Sorry about that. Welcome back. Matty Rose is over here trying to get me signed up for the text line so I can see what you, the question you guys are asking. Uh, text it 960-960. Call in 403-240-4444. Uh, if you've got any CFL-related questions. And, uh, yeah, man. You can you can test me now. You can ask me anything you want about any other team. Uh, probably not going to talk trash about anybody, but um, I'll definitely give you the, the down low and the scoop if you have any uh, burning questions that you really want to know. Um, all right, man. So upcoming game in Hamilton this week. We play Saturday. It is going to be a hot one. Uh, guys, we've been telling everybody to hydrate up. 
Um, it's one sneaky thing about Hamilton that, that always gets you. Like you kind of, you kind of get out there, you just kind of chill in the hotel the whole, you know, the first day when you're there because there's nothing really doing Hamilton, obviously. Um, <laughs> and then you know you walk outside the next day and you're like, oh damn, it's kind of it's kind of muggy out here. And then uh, then you get to the stadium, you start moving around, and about five minutes into warm up, you're like, okay, I'm sweating a little bit. Uh, looking around, guys are kind of you know moving slow. So I think we've been kind of on top of that, letting guys know, man, just stay hydrated, be ready to go. Um, you know, don't let the humidity take away from the energy for the game. You know, because they're going to bring it. Um, they just had a tough loss against Montreal. You know, that's a, a division game for them. That one hurts them. Um, it, and we had a good big win, so we got to make sure we're coming out ready to go. I just have interest on as far as like heading into different arenas. Is certain ones you know the weather's always going to be kind of iffy? Is there are certain arenas that you don't like to play in because the weather typically doesn't behave? Uh, man, I'd say Hamilton's one of the tougher ones because of like we talked about humidity but also the wind for some reason mm. the wind in hamilton is always roaring i mean it's blowing from left to right right to left it switches in the middle of the game uh so you know you might you might take the you might kick the ball off in the first quarter hoping to get the the wind in the fourth quarter and you know all of a sudden it switched um so yeah so i mean it's the win for the quarterbacks and the kickers, uh, you know, punt return, everything like that, makes the game a lot tougher. And I know you probably remember that game in Hamilton. Oh, man, three, four years ago, Sean White kicks a field goal from like 17 yards out, and it just dead stops in yeah. front of the goalpost and falls down. That's the kind of win you can possibly have that day. So um, Calgary's pretty windy too, isn't it? A little bit, man, but it never really – I don't really think it affects us that much in the stadium. I think I don't know if it's because it's not enclosed that you don't get like that swirling wind, which kind of gets you sometimes like SAS sometimes and really Winnipeg sometimes like the, the wind kind of swirls inside the stadium. Um, yeah, I don't know. The wind's never really that bad in Calgary. I don't think helped you guys out on that onside kick a few weeks back. Oh, for sure. It did for sure. Hung up there. Clute gets up. <laughs> never White forget. Lighting. Never forget. Oh, yeah, man. That's that's one that. uh that one made his made his day, made his year. Um, he's been he's been walking around with a little bit of a big chest because of that play. <laughs> <laughs> I got some text for you on the text line if you'd like. Yeah, let's hear it. We got some questions. This one says, "Bo, are you going to take in any tailgates while you are hurt?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I might take in, in an extra poker game or two. Uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, I made my way out to uh, Deerfoot Inn and Casino the other day, play some poker. Uh, man, I'm just bored at the house. The wife's gone. The kids are gone. I come home to an empty house and my two dogs. And my dogs aren't much fun to play with. So, <laughs> <laughs> This one's on the same vein. This says, I don't even really want to read this. Despite being on IR for six weeks, can you still drive a golf ball? And if so, you want to play around tomorrow? <laughs> uh, no, I definitely cannot. But my putting game is going to get really good over these next couple of weeks. That's Dave even kind of mentioned, he's like, oh, man, your golf game's going to take a hit over these next six weeks. <laughs> and I was like, it might get better because I'm not working on my driver and I'm working on my, my putting instead. So, um, yeah, let the uh, let, hopefully let the short game catch a little boost and see if we can't fix some of those putts. You got, the, you got a putting green up at the new place? Uh, no, I just, I've got, a, you know, the golf membership I have and yeah. the country club I go to. Uh, I don't know, they take care of me. So it's, it's fun to go out there and, you know, kind of let loose with those guys. This one reads, uh, "Hey Bo, hope the shoulders getting better." He did want to ask how Ivan do, uh, how Ivan's doing. Ivan McLennan, uh, obviously the bad knee injury in that BC game. 
Uh, hopefully it's not too bad. But uh, I'm just wondering if you heard from Ivan. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, Ivan, Junior, um, Flo, Erdos, you know, they're all, that's all season-ending stuff. Um, you know, I think guys have announced, uh, you know, announced on Ivan, everybody, that it's, uh, you know, pretty pretty significant uh, injuries. You know, ones that are going to hold them out for a while, and it's going to be uh, a long road to recovery. But, you know, that's why we're trying to do it for these boys um, this season, man. I mean, we've kind of had an uncharacteristic amount of bad injuries. You know, it's not just everybody. I, I think every team plays the whole injury bug card uh, every season to, you know, let some of the fans know why they're losing games or mistakes, things like that. Um, we've just had really horrific ones. I mean, every game we've had somebody go out for the season, um, you know, and that's just not typical. It's something that is pretty draining as a team. It's, you know, I mean, every time you go out there, you're trying to have this high energy, be pumped about the game, and then all of a sudden, you know, first play on kickoff, boom, this guy goes down, and you're like, oh, man. And, you know, you're seeing your brother that – you've been training with in the off season that you've been going through hell with in training camp. And then, um, you know, you're predicting that he's going to have a good season and then boom, you see that happen. And, and it instantly in all of our heads as football players, it's the flash of, Oh man, the recovery that guy has ahead of him is, is a long one, you know? And, um, you know, some guys, you know, are going to commit to it and get it done. Some guys, you know, you question, but you know, all the guys we've had go down and know they're, hard workers there. I've been seeing them and they're still working, uh, staying around the stadium and meetings and everything. So, um, yeah, man, it's tough, but that's part of this game. It's kind of what we sign up for. Um, you know, knowing that these things happen and, and over long careers are going to happen at some point. So, uh, I think, you know, for myself, I felt pretty blessed with injuries over the last, you know, five, six years. I haven't had any horrific ones, but you know, I've had those nagging ones that kind of, you know, make you play different, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, this is the first one that's got me on sixth game. First game I've missed is 2014. So, uh, been blessed with them. But yeah, man, I'm, being on sixth game sucks. <laughs> you get bored. You can't do anything. Can't like do you can't anything. go out to practice. Like you can go out there and watch, but you can't be in any of the drills. You can't, you know, be out there. You're not you even know. allowed to wear your jersey if I'm. Mistaken. No, yeah, you're not. So I'm out there just, you know, me and her. You were just out there running one tens and trying to get in shape for whenever I come back to run three, three more times. <laughs> all year, all that, year. That's the cap. You're gonna go three. I'm thinking that sounds like a good number. I think that's a fair number. We got a couple texts about um, that peculiar ending to the Argos and Lions game. Oh man, how do you feel about teams winning on a missed kick through the end zone? Um, Congrats to Devon on his first win. As a CFL player, I love it. Yeah, because that means the offense won the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a as an American. I think it's awful. You know, you win a game um, not doing your job. Weird. Right? Like like you missed the field yeah. goal. I mean, but the thing is, they could have, like, let's say you miss an extra point in the game, and then later on, you know, they punt a ball, you know, through the end zone and get a, t um, and get a rouge. I mean, I'm, I'm more okay with it now because, you know, so they've probably got a rouge throughout the game as well. So to get one at the end of the game, it's kind of tying things up because, you know, they wouldn't have had a point on any other league for kicking the ball in the end zone and a, a guy just fair catching you while he's back there. Or not fair catching you, but taking a knee. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's fair, but it's uh, – <laughs> I mean, I, did you see the look on Riley's face? Yeah, he was like, <laughs> uh, right on, I guess. I think he was kind of <laughs> – in his head, I think he was saying like, oh, you <laughs> – 
like I'll take it. It's just one of those like, man, I'll take it. But even like, you know, myself, Riley, some of these guys, like we're not satisfied with that win at all. No. Like we'll take it. We'll take the win. Uh, but first off, you want to see your kicker make the field goal. And second of all, um, you know that if you're on the other side of that play, and which we have been before, Larry Taylor, that exact same play happened. Uh, and Killam always shows this. And I think that's why we're so good on special teams. Killam does such a good job of bringing up the past because history is going to repeat itself. And he shows, you know, a play from Toronto, Montreal years ago where they're kicking back and forth, you know, punting the ball in and out of the end zone. He's like, this is what you should have done. Um, but he shows one, it's called, you know, basically run out uh, scenario. And uh, it's if they kick the ball into the game, no time's left on the clock. We've got to get the ball out of the end zone. If there's no time left, we'll kick it out. You know, we'll just kick it out of there. But if there's a little bit of time left, we've got to get the ball out of the end zone. So they kick it, they miss. It's Grant Shaw, who we all know has a leg. He misses to the left. And the ball is going to go out of bounds behind uh, in the back of the end zone. Larry like keeps his feet in bounds, reaches up, taps it back into himself, catches it, picks it up, runs it out of the end zone. We take a couple of knees and win the game. Um, I know that's what Rainey was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you watch, if you ever watch Randy return the ball, he's always a catch, and then he's a drop step guy. He drops steps, which gives him that momentum to take off. And I think natural uh, habit just kind of took over right there, and he steps out of bounds. And yeah, man, that one hurts, especially the way things have been going for Toronto. Uh, I think that's a that's a hard way to lose a game when you had a chance to put BC down to zero and four. Which I don't know if you're coming back from zero and four. It's a tough start. Yeah, so I think. I mean, BC's feeling feeling the blessing for sure. Um, but yeah, Toronto, they're taking a hit on that one. We got one more text for you before uh, we have to hit the break and get ready for our next guest here. But this is a good one. It says, Bo is Klukas single. My daughter is looking for a husband. <laughs> oh, man, I'm texting him right now. <laughs> um, first of all, all of Kluk's friends listen to this radio show, and that's what makes this so great. Uh, he always tells me every time I talk about him, his friends will like take a clip of what I say and they'll kind of edit it to make it sound like I'm saying something bad about him and send it to him. Um, so first off, Kluke is slow. He's, you know, he's not fast. He has bad hands. Uh, he runs terrible routes. Yeah. Uh, he shows up late to practice. Mm-hmm. You know, he's lazy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Actually, no, he's not single right now. He's got a great girlfriend. She just came over to the house the other day. I had, <laughs> I had everybody over for a barbecue. Brought her um, over to meet the quarterback. Yeah, well, yeah, every, everybody came over. Like, there was like 35 <laughs> guys there, and that was that was fun. Everybody brought their wives and kids. But, yeah, Clute brought his girl. He felt felt good about himself. He walked in tall, showed up about two hours late, you know, being fashionably late. Um, <laughs> it was on Canada Day. That's what it was for, it was the Canada Day barbecue. Um, right but, yeah, no, I apologize. Clute is not single. He's he's very happily uh, in not engaged, but um, – interacting with someone so (laughs) last one here that just came in from a new season ticket holder for the stampeders uh it's wondering if you can get a shout out for his 10 year old son seth as uh he's a huge fan of yours absolutely seth what's going on man uh tell your dad and mom they're they're tell them thank you first off for buying season tickets um but they're smart they bought into the right team there you and, go. Uh, Seth, I want to see you out of the games. Come out to practice, get a couple autographs, catch a ball or two. Um, yeah, man. Appreciate you guys. Always got to love the season ticket holders. My, my One of my favorite stories, and we'll go to break after this, is when a, a, a guy comes up and he's like, man, I've had season tickets in my family for 75 years, you know, passed on from my grandpa to my dad to me, uh, and I'm going to pass them on to my son. I'm, that I love hearing that, that rich tradition of CFL history of guys that have been through watching, you know, gosh, 
Echeverry to Flutie to, you know, Burris to me. Like, it's just that, you know, all the stories these older guys can tell and, and, and the history they have of the CFL for so many years, man. If that's what you need in your family, go out and get some season tickets, man. Make sure uh, you have the opportunity to pass on that tradition to your young guys or young, young ladies. Um, and I promise you, if you come out to Calgary, we're not going to disappoint you. Especially always, at home. It's always fun. This is a fortress. It's always fun at home. Oh, you brought that up. I lost the game at home, man. That, that, that one got me. That one hurt losing a game at home, especially first game of the season. I was so hot. All right. Uh, we will take a break <laughs> real quick. And uh, when we come back, I've got a guess for you. Can't make him laugh because he's not going to stop. But Ja'Garrett Davis, uh, the sack master, uh, the lazy rusher, uh, the playmaker, uh, this guy, uh, he's one of the funniest, you know, best guys in the locker room. Uh, it, it was sad to see him go, uh, but love seeing him thrive over there in Hamilton, having a good time. So we're going to ask him how everything's going there. Text in 960-960, call in 403-240-4444 if you want to ask JG any specific questions. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm going to give him some burning questions and do a little rapid fire there at the end. Pretty uh, good pretty good cobbler. Oh, yeah, that's true. He does always talk about cobbler, huh? Yeah. All right. We'll take a break real quick. When we come back, Jagarrett Davis will be here. You are listening to The Bo Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Calgary football fans, this is your quarterback, The Bo Show with Bo Levi Mitchell on Sportsnet 960. Brought to you by SML Entertainment. All right, everybody, welcome back. Stampede edition of The Bo Show. Uh, so I have to play country music. So when our guest gets here, you can text in and give him crap for being late. Uh, when our text calls or our guest calls in, uh, I've got some rapid fire questions for him, so you can kind of get to know him. Um, a couple good stories about JG from the locker room, and I'm not gonna now. Right now, he can't defend them because he's not here. Um, this dude. So we we do this thing called basically we'll gamble for push-ups. Um, but they're on-call push-ups. So at any point, at any time, that person can make you do push-ups. So we typically, you know, bet on the Raptors-Warriors game, give me 10 push-ups for it. Um, and then JG is notorious for making people do them in the meeting the moment Dave walks in to start the meeting. Like, literally, like during the meeting, Dave walks in like, all right, guys, and he'll be like, yo, Brett, give me two. <laughs> and you know Dave kind of looks at JG shakes his head a little bit um, but man I'm telling you when he gets here if I if I can get him to laugh that's like the show is going to end by the time it's, he's done laughing it's just going to go continuous oh man it happens in the meetings it happens on the plane on the way home and it it's, gets, it, it's to the point where like because it, it's never annoying you know what I mean he's got that laugh that it it's contagious and it makes you start cracking up that he can't stop laughing. Like, everybody, like it's it's one of the best things. Man. It's just, you know, those people that laugh, and it gets everybody going. But um, he takes one of those deep breaths, and you're like, oh, okay, he's done. And then he goes louder and louder, and you're like, <laughs> oh, man, here we go again. And he does it again, and you kind of start giggling because he can't stop. And then you start laughing, and then you start crying. Um, but no, nah, it's – so JG, he's a guy I went to uh, – I actually went to school with him at SMU. Um, and – he was he was actually a linebacker at first. He was a linebacker at SMU, um, you know, getting some sacks. So that was back in my heyday when I was leading the NCAA in interceptions and sacks. Uh, <laughs> that was a good time. Um, was it? 
Oh yeah. That's not easy to do now. Take some work. I think there's like 132 teams in Division One football. Do you know if that's right? Can you look that up real quick? I would love to look it up, but Matt won't log me into the computer because uh, he can't remember his password. Well, um, I have so many passwords, Bo. Yeah. I know, and I love women's basketball. It didn't work, so I don't know what... That's not one of my passwords, no. Bo. Why not? You don't love women's basketball? I love women's basketball, but it's not my password. That's messed up. Sorry, dude. 125 Division One FCS football team. 125. Okay, so 125, and I led all of them in interceptions and sacks. That's... Sacks taken. Where does that rank in your greatest football achievements? Oh, man. Okay, so I've been asked this before, and I got to <laughs> say, it, it is up there. Like, you know, everybody asks as a joke, and I'm like, no, no, seriously, it's up there because I was able to come back from it and be a successful quarterback. Yeah. Like, first off, like 125 quarterbacks, it's not easy to lead that many people in interceptions. Uh, and, and not only that, to stay in the games. At some point, you think, like, coach would be like, all right, you know, get out. We're gonna, we're Maybe gonna go with, We're going to go with this guy. Yeah. Nah, June Jones wrote it out. Let me play the whole season. We went 1-11. and um, And, you know, felt confident the next, next season. Started out 3-1. and one, uh, Then, you know, blew my – got a broken ribs and a torn shoulder, and I was out the rest of the year, and that's when I ended up transferring to Eastern Washington. But, um, yeah, I'd say it's – honestly, it's up there for the uh, – it's up there for the accomplishments – because I think anytime you can come back from a failure, that's a way better story than just um, than just the way success happened. I think everybody kind of sees the the tip of the iceberg. They see you standing up holding a trophy and like, oh, he had a good year. Um, they don't see the behind the scenes work that goes into that every single day, the six months in the off season, the three to five years that you wait in the wind. Um, you know, the stuff you went through in college, through high school, to even get where you are. So I think it does rank up there with some of my highest ones strictly because of failing that harshly um, and having the wherewithal to kind of, you know, bounce back, make my way back to a starting quarterback, um, and then shoot, man, go on to play professional football. To me, it's, I mean, it's my story, but it's one of my favorite stories for that reason. Came from it. Bo, what's your uh, go-to barbecue sauce as we hit up the text line once again while we uh, wait for JG? Ooh, uh, Sweet Baby Ray's is definitely up there. Um, yeah, man. There's not like, there's not that many like super popular barbecue sauces down in Texas because there's so many of them. You know, everybody has, like, like most restaurants, they all have their own homemade barbecue sauce. So it's not like everybody's using... Um, you know, whatever Heinz or Sweet Baby Ray's or you know Grandma's barbecue sauce, whatever it might yeah. be. Um, but yeah, we made those little uh, at that Canada Day um, barbecue. We made like those little like tiny hot dogs, just you, like the little cocktail weenies. Yeah, the cocktail weenies, and you put them in the you put them in a crock pot with hot with um, with barbecue sauce, and just let Ooh. them sit there. Like we used some Sweet Baby Ray's, and oh man, those are. Who brought the best ditch to your uh, little Canada Day shindig? Or was it a... Uh... Oh, man. Uh, might be Ante. Ante brought like a Canada Day cake. Okay. Yeah. But the container he brought it in, it made it seem <laughs> as if him or his girl made it. And uh, I asked him, and he got it from Safeway. Oh, but they transferred it into I the think, old, uh, like a just, Tupperware. Yeah, I think they transferred it and tried to try to pass it off, but Ante told me the truth. Try to pull a fast one. <laughs> Still counts, though. 
Always. Uh, elsewhere, we have uh, this one about a bachelor party in September. Lauren is wondering if you know any solid spots to golf for a bachelor party. If you got any recommendations. Oh, man. I wish I could ask him what he means. Like, here? It says <laughs> any solid spots to golf for a bachelor party in September. I would assume here. But then again, September, uh, you're getting a little dicey for golf. Yeah, I'm going to say there's a great golf course in Vegas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's, a a couple, there's a couple of them. Uh, now, my buddy and I just took a trip out to Vegas this offseason. And um, yeah, we played uh, two or three different courses. I think one was called like Wind Spirit. But you're driving like out into the desert. There's absolutely nothing there. And then all of a sudden, this like lush, green, beautiful golf course shows up. But it's still surrounded by deserts. Like I really don't understand how the grass grows there and how it looks so good and how they upkeep that. I mean, that's that's one of the best, you know, greenskeepers that I've ever seen. Um, to be able to do that in the desert. But uh honestly, man, the courses out there are nice. I like going out there. I think, you know, I'm not the bachelor party type anymore. So uh <laughs> you know, those days are behind me. But yeah, man, I'd say I'd say definitely go Vegas and uh make it make a trip out of it. Uh, I had a question, not off the text line, but this kind of goes back to earlier. Um, because I know, obviously, yourself, a couple of kids, Trey Roberson's expecting another. He almost didn't travel with you guys for the game on the weekend. Is that correct? Um, I can neither confirm or deny that. I think he was, uh, I think his wife, his his wife or whoever's with his wife might be her family. Um Basically, I think it was false labor. You know, I think she was about to go into labor. Uh, I don't want to speak on the situation because I don't really know the entire story, but I think he was going to try to stay and have the baby and then fly up and, uh, on game day um, to be able to play. But, you know, we had, we always like we always have guys ready to go. I think uh, Gilbert was ready to step in if he had to. Um, but, yeah, whenever that was happening, it's one of those where you're like, all right, man, you got, you know, we got a new starting quarterback this week. Nick's getting his first start. You know, defense, we need y'all to ball out. And it's like, Elsa and it's like, hey, Trey might not, not come. He's like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely uh, interesting. You didn't have to go through that with either of yours, did you? They were both offseason? Uh, yeah, both offseason. We, we planned the first one perfectly as far as, like, having her in the beginning of the offseason. Um, that was awesome because I got to be around all the time, you know, help a lot more. Um, and then Lakeland, we – didn't have until May. And so that was definitely tougher. Uh, only getting to be with her for basically, you know, two weeks. And then training camp started right away. And then I'm gone from, you know, 6 a.m. to 10 o'clock at night. Maddie's there, you know, just dealing with both babies. But her mom and sister came up to help out. But, um, yeah, I mean, Riley, Mike Riley had one like a day or two, excuse me, before the playoff game in – uh, 2017, I think. Well, that's that seems like poor planning. Oh man, but I could <laughs> see it on his face. Like he was like, yeah, no, like he, you know, the you know the interviews we do after practice. Um, you know, he's still sweating from practice and whatnot, and and they're just like, hey, you know, hey, uh, you know, we we hear there's a congratulations in order. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I had a baby, and it's been it's been amazing. Uh, man, am I tired though? Yeah, and like, you could just see it on his face. Like there was no <laughs> holding back that he could say it. Like he was exhausted. Um, and yeah, they ended up losing that game out in Toronto, I think was the Toronto or Ottawa, one of those. Um, but man, I felt for him because 
at first when it happened, I was like, oh, it wouldn't be that bad. Like you'd have the baby, you, you do everything normal for the next, you know, two days for the game. Um, you know, but then you go have another kid and it reminds you again, that, you know, being in the, being in labor for that long with your wife, uh, not me being in labor, watching her go through labor, but sitting there in the chair, you know, trying to go through it with her. And not only that, he's probably got a game plan in his other hand, trying to study, text Jason Moss about the game plan, what he likes, what he doesn't like, um, you know, all while not getting killed by your wife for studying football plays while she's going through hell having a baby. That's some impressive multitasking <laughs> for sure. Uh, let's look ahead to this Ticats game a little bit, Bo. You're going to be watching from the sideline. going to be wearing your cool glasses again probably. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the cool daytime, cat glasses. Daytime or nighttime. Cool <laughs> <laughs> I had like four or five texts after the game like, really, dude? Sunglasses at night? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I get it, but the game started at daytime and I already had a vibe going and we were playing well, so I wasn't going to change that up. It's and one then, of the, you got to look cool while you do everything, right? No, nah, it's not looking cool. It was I, I was going to wear my headband. I wasn't going to wear like a coach's hat. Mm-hmm. I was going to wear my headband out there like I always do. Um, and then in warm-ups, like the sun was starting to beam on us. So I was like, yeah, I'm going I'm to wear my sunglasses out there. And we started playing well, and I was like, it was nighttime. I was like, well, I'm not going to take them off now. So I'm just going to ride it out, and it worked, man. What's the plan for, uh, what's the plan for this week? Win. Okay. Win, I guess baby, we're done win. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, it, uh, be smart. You know, I mean, we're kind of trying to predict whether or not, you know, win's going to be there, which you can never really do. Um, you know, so we've got like, you've always got like double game plans in, ready to, you know, play play in tough conditions or just kind of let it loose. Um, and I, th- I think we feel good about our game plan. Uh, but man, I'll tell you, uh, what, what I can do is talk about the other team and what they bring. Mm-hmm. Hamilton is definitely the most physical team in the league right now. Like they are smacking people. Um, they're not taking plays off. You know, I mean, I know Montreal came and gave him a loss, but they were coming off of a, I think, a five-day week, and then, and then that Montreal, or they're coming off a six-day week, and then the Montreal game was a five-day week, and uh, yeah, I mean, they they struggled for it, you know, but you could still see the physicality and how they were playing, the effort they were playing in. Um, now, albeit, you know, Standback had an absolute career game and one of those, not just like, not just Montreal, but, you know, CFL history kind of games where you're running for over 200 yards. Um, I mean, I went back and watched that film after, and you know, I don't, I don't always go back and watch the film of every game when it's you know opponents that I'm not playing for a little while. Um, but obviously, getting to play Hamilton, I had to go watch that film. Man, that dude was running the rock. I mean, I knew he was a good running back. I knew he had some speed, but he he kind of reminded me of like a young Jerome Messam. Okay, you know, a bigger guy. Yep, kind of stumbly sometimes, get ankle tackled. Um, but it'll run you over like a pot machine with legs. Man, and he was doing it too. And then, and then that run where he cuts back, runs over a guy, stiff arms a guy, jumps over a guy, and then dies for the touchdown. It's one of those plays where I ran it back like five or six times, and I was like, hold on, man, let me see that again. Let me see that again. How this guy missed that tackle? How this guy missed that tackle? Um, and you're like, man, sometimes you got to realize the other guy gets paid too, and, and uh, he's damn good at what he does, but. Yeah, Hamilton, man, they uh, they are physical, they're fast, they're smart. Uh, you know, Steinhauer is an amazing coach who uh, always has different defensive schemes. Um, you know, I've always personally thought that Steinhauer played us differently than than he played other people. Um, so we'll kind of see how that that how in, that goes. In what sense? Uh, I mean, you know, you always find tendencies on teams. Like that's kind of your job as a quarterback and as an offense. You go and look at tendencies based off formation, based off personnel, based off. Um, shoot positions on the field 
first down, second down, you know, second short, second medium, second long, first play of the drive, uh, green zone, red zone. You're trying to find tendencies to find out, hey, is 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 there something in his subconscious where when he's calling a play on defense that he doesn't even realize that in this situation he does it damn near every time. You know, you always try to find those those ones where like they do this every time and you want to attack that. You know, it's always easier to run plays against a defense you know what they're gonna do. Um Steinhauer, he's he's always done a very good job of mixing things up. And I think that's kind of become a very big trend in the CFL over the last two, three years is running, you know, just a vast amount of different plays every single drive and trying to confuse an offense, trying to make it tough on the guys. Um, but they do it very well. And the tough part is, is they're very talented with it. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got an amazing D line where all four guys could end up being an all-star at any point. Um, they've got DBs that have been together for a while. I know Rico Murray's coming over from Ottawa, um, but he, shoot, man, he's been doing it for a long time. He used to play in Hamilton. Um, you know, linebacking core is probably the one spot, um, you know, based off whether or not Simone plays. Um, he had his hearing yesterday or today or something, so I think they're still trying to find out whether or not he's going to play. Um, but, you know, he's a physical guy. Tuggle was with Toronto last year. He's playing their mic. Uh, he's a physical guy as well. Like they just they bring in hitters. They bring in guys that are you know fast. They want to run around and hit people, and you know sometimes that makes you over aggressive too. But um, yeah, man, I mean it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a damn tough game. You know they got an offense that's explosive. Masoli can go for you know three four picks, or he can go for four or five hundred yards um, and play lights out. So you know you've got to prepare for the best. Um, and you and then shoot, man, Brandon Bates returning the ball. Williams returning the ball. Tunde hasn't even been back there yet, but Tunde can return the ball, so uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun one, man. It's gonna be hot. You know, the fans are definitely gonna be into it. Um, but it's, it's it's one that that we need. We need to get continue to kind of take these games early in the season. Um, and yeah, man, kind of see how how Nick comes out in this second game, how the offense responds after playing well. Sometimes you tend to, you know, take your foot off the gas yeah, a bit, yeah, or just feel too confident. Yeah, yeah. Uh, expect expect plays to happen. So, just want to see the guys be hungry, go out there, ball out. Uh, defense continue to do what they do and uh, get out of uh, get out of Hamilton with the win. Put together a nice little tidy three game win streak wouldn't be the worst thing to do. Uh, wouldn't be bad. All right. Uh, dang. You got these guys up next. Yeah, these guys are coming back in the room. So that that show you were listening to earlier, it's coming. It's coming back on. Pinder and DePauli. The pat, we gotta change that. Pender and the guy that farted in the chair before I got up. <laughs> that was like a terrible way to start the show. Yeah, he, you know, he introduces himself and he doesn't give me a warning. He's like, "Yeah, man, nice to meet you." And I sit down. I was like, "Oh my god, man! Like you're, that's what you're gonna leave here right before I get up." All right, guys, uh, appreciate you guys. We'll see you out in Hamilton, <laughs> um, and then I think we're Toronto the week after that. So uh, yeah, next week we will. See if we can get JG back on here. He just texted me, said, my fault. Just got back to my phone. Are you still available? No, JG, I'm not. We've got other stuff to do. Gosh dang. Uh, Thank you to SML Entertainment for uh, sponsoring the show, for getting me a hot tub, for making me comfortable at home because the wife's gone right now, so I've got nothing to do but sit back, watch some film, get in the hot tub, hopefully not drop my laptop in there. Um, But thank you guys, and you are listening to the Bo Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.